0: Is useful. The reason I hesitate is because I, I. There's always a lot of back and forth about what people are imagining when you say ego, and I think there's a lot of confusion around people, you know, trying to kill and transcend and do all kinds of things and blame the ego. And something the Sadhguru guru talks about is. Uh, <laughs> It's like, everybody tries to turn the ego into the fall guy. Best to just leave that alone, which I'm inclined to kind of agree with. But it does have its usefulness. Um, I was recently kind of given this definition about kind of the flavor of the ego, which I I think is really useful, the egoic consciousness. Uh, And it was the egoic consciousness is essentially... It's always analyzing. It's always self-obsessed, right? It's obsessed with solidifying its sort of definition of what it thinks it is, right? I'm this kind of person. I am that. I am this, right? It uh, it's obsessed with solidifying around an identity, and a lot of the time that manifests as trying to add meaning to everything. A lot of the time, it manifests as being sort of hyper-analytical of ourselves and other people. Because the ego can only really know itself in relation to something else. But, you know, so much of the spiritual process... In my experience, and, and some other smart peoples who are just you know super dope, is the sort of falling away of uh, this separate identity, this separation between you and everything else, right? The nature of the golden rule is to love your neighbor as yourself. But that that kind of dives us into the infinity of everything. And as I even say that, many of you, right, have kind of energetically pulled back. Right? I start talking about uh, the falling away of this distinction between you and everything else. And the ego pipes up. Oh, he's talking about love and light and wholeness and not being involved with your life. Oh, the ego talking, right? It, It pipes up and says, oh, he's... Well, if I am just dissolved into no identity and stuff, then I won't do anything. I won't have any desires. I won't live my life. The ego comes up comes up with all kinds of really interesting philosophical arguments <laughs> to keep itself intact. But the truth of the matter is, in my experience, when this falls away, you become infinitely more involved in life. Your desires don't come from a place of... Uh, Sort of how do I enrich myself, how do I fix myself, how do I make myself whole? They kind of arise from this more sort of, uh, what's the word? (laughs) Loving space, unconditional loving space. There's more giving than getting in the desires that don't arise from the ego, from that identity. And allowing that to sort of fall away, be transcendent and be present as the sort of, as the self, I think is, I I don't want to say a goal, but it points us in the direction of something, right? Like the nature of everything. Meister Eckhart. God experiencing God. Not to attribute or equate, right? Like I know there's there's a lot of danger in saying like oh you know you're God. There's a lot of space for the ego to 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 lean in and think it's done something or doing something or being something special. But what we're really pointing towards is this sort of. direct experience of life as it is. In the book that we're reading in Book Club, Balance Awareness, it gives us beautiful definition that reality is, relatively speaking, whatever happens minus your thoughts, minus your hyper-analytical obsession about what it could possibly be, what it could possibly mean. The ego sort of Fears this openness because it feels like it would be directionless. You feel like you would be directionless if I let go of all of the stuff. It'll take care of itself. <laughs> right? The tree never stops being a tree. All of the sort of Things and stuff that are kind of, that we move through our life with, right? The useful identities and things, all that stuff stays, that stuff can do its own thing. But the obsession with the sort of usefulness of everything Trying to use, trying to get, to attain, to obtain. When that becomes your only mode of existence. That's what gives the sort of egoic consciousness purchase. That's what gives it this obsession. Because you're constantly trying to figure something out. That's the chatter, that's the hum in the back of your head that never ending sort of just constant right? oh that person doesn't like you oh this thing if it doesn't happen then this is going to happen a lot of the time it's energetic it's an energetic tightness that we fortify with thoughts of trying to be something but when it's just silent when we are experiencing our life directly as they say in the alchemist eat when it's time to eat move along when it's time to move along we're not constantly trying to look to the next thing and the next thing or look back at what was and you're just directly experiencing what is there's an infinity there An infinity of possibility, an infinity of everything you can and can't be. The ego retracts from this amount of freedom. because it would have to let go of a lot of things that it's used over the years, right? It's, oh, I'm I'm this, I'm that, I'm that person. It thinks it would have to let go of the satisfaction of having your identity confirmed. The sort of highs and lows that come with that. The ability to hold on to things, the obsession with keeping things. If I don't allow my ego to run rampant, if I transcend it, if I'm only experiencing life directly, then. I won't have the things anymore I won't have myself anymore So this next little bit is a bit of an exercise We're going to ask a question Who is the me that I call myself? Who is the me that I call myself? Now what we're going to do is we're going to become curious. Really investigate this. One of the first things I want you to notice are your thoughts. When you're trying to locate the me, right, the idea of you, the first thing that I want you to look at is Okay Well If I'm trying to point to who I am uh, I guess Right Immediately what comes up are thoughts Thoughts about who you are But those are just thoughts Right You're the person that is Observing these thoughts You're witnessing these thoughts They cannot be the you Not the real you. Oh, well, it's my body. My body is me. Oh, that's you, huh? The sensations that show up in your body is who you are. They must be used in tandem with thoughts and meanings and and stories that you've added to that. You've given the meaning to all of that stuff. It cannot be you. There's nothing to point to. There's nothing to touch. There's something very concrete about, you know, say I have like a cup. If that's a cup. Sure. Right? It's a, it's a useful definition of a, this thing, but... There's something very tangible about about that kind of idea. But the idea of the self, of who you are, is absolutely intangible. There's nothing you can point to. There's nothing you can touch. Looking to the past. Is that who I am? Inevitably, it all leads you back to like thinking about more thoughts, thoughts about having things. If you are who you were in the past, then the thoughts that you have about that thing would be, be solid. But you've all experienced moments of looking back and being like, oh, I thought it was this and it's not that. I thought I was this person back then, but maybe I wasn't, right? These thoughts are completely malleable. They're not concrete. Who is the me that I call myself? Emotions. They show up, but they can't be you. Spend some time investigating this, contemplating this, being with this, because the more you kind of dig, the less there is to hold on to, the less purchase the ego has. Less identity. We want to pull back from this. There's a fear there. But there's also an opportunity to begin to experience your life as it is. Without adding all the meanings to what that person said, really notice when you get tripped up today, when you start feeling a type of way about something, remember to notice the meaning you've added to that. When, you, when we begin to spend more time residing as the self the self that doesn't have any sort of definition it becomes sort of redundant to call it a self it just the dustness it is it is what life is right you become a part of life You dissolve into the infinity that is life. When who you are isn't the thoughts about who you are, your body, the stories you've told yourself about various sensations and things when that isn't you, who you are. When old identifications and ideas about who we are are challenged, for what could they challenge? What are they challenging? Whatever anyone says is both absolutely correct and absolutely incorrect. It can be anything. People's stories about you don't reach you because the you that they are referring to isn't you. Not all of you. Do you see the the, the stories, the ideas that Anyone, you included, have about you how they just dissolve when the you that they're trying to attach to isn't something that can be attached to. From a very practical standpoint, there's nothing to be touched. I can't touch you and a lot of the time this looks like calm it looks like a it can be interpreted as peace but really what i'm pointing towards is something that is outside of the realm of interpretation The second you try to kind of encapsulate the direct experience of life as it is, we're not experiencing life directly. A lot of the time what happens when we kind of have let go of this analytical egoic thing is that an experience will show up. We'll begin to sort of experience life a bit differently Colors get brighter Maybe you have a feeling of bliss Ecstasy And the mind wants to attach To the idea that this is everything This is the whole thing Look what you've achieved That's the ego trying to find its way Trying to find its purchase again Oh, This must be the real world As Plato called it or is it Pythagoras oh, one of them <laughs> this is the real world this must be the more real reality but these are just experiences i know it can be difficult to not attach to these experiences as the whole thing but even this can just be experienced now as a sort of thusness that doesn't need to be held on to. But you want to because it feels so good, right? You're obsessed with it. Oh my gosh, this is amazing. How do I get back to that? Do you mean having a direct experience of life means I have to let this go? I don't want to do it. Of course, this doesn't mean that any experiences, I mean, you know, that these experiences aren't going to happen anymore. We're letting, what we're letting go is the the chasing and the seeking. Sometimes when you have a direct experience of life, there's this overwhelming feeling of sort of gratitude, this outpouring a lot Of the time we want to hold on to that, turn it into something we got to chase. So, oh, gratitude! I got to be grateful, try to end game gratitude. Gratitude is a very natural manifestation of experiencing life directly. And here's kind of a way <laughs> that, that I've experienced this in my own life it's because when you want, when, when those experiences show up inevitably. When you're off, the the more you're off yourself, the less you're allowing that, allowing, the less you're involved with this sort of ego obsession with self, with analyzing, with trying to figure shit out, the more you're just kind of experiencing your life as it is, the second something shows up that's. Immensely pleasurable, something that you really like. You're going to get this instinct to hold on to it, to grasp at it. But you know better. You're like, ah, there it is. The grasping is futile. It's the roadrunner. Trying to catch something that can't be caught. Notice how that roadrunner just stands there until the coyote tries to grab it. Then it's like, no, what are you doing? The roadrunner transcends logic and reason. (laughs) When we try to grasp at these pleasurable situations, they elude us. We try to go back there, but it's not what's happening. So when we let that go and begin to just choose to experience our life as it is I'm just going to be with what is now there's usually this natural upswell of gratitude because you're aware experientially that this moment is never going to happen again this moment is all there is that's gratitude baby But even that can be let go At the end of the day That's just another label And experience We talked about this In Secret Club recently About how these labels Can be very useful But the more we surrender The more we let go The second, the label is built. You see its functionality, its usefulness. And we can dismantle it immediately by letting it not be there, right? By let, by choosing to experience our life in this moment, not because I'm supposed to be grateful or because uh, I want peace or I think it means I'll be more spiritual. But just being with our lives. the essence of humility because for what could you take credit for who is the one taking credit right (laughs) who is the person who did anything there's no doer (laughs) there's just thusness there just is oh i gotta give that up too feeling that you accomplished something (sighs) what will I do the ego says I won't be the person I once was what will other people do Letting go of that egoic state, spending less time as that, letting it fall away, means yeah, there, there, there will be a change, but it's likely you'll still, the, the you that people are used to will show up, it'll be there, parts of it. Being okay with who you are now. Trusting that who you are in this moment is more than enough. That's life changing. That's everything. Who is the me that I call myself? Try and try and find it. And when you fail, there'll be a void. Feel into that. Don't try to intellectualize it. Just feel into that space, that spacious, openness. Just be there. Thank you guys for being so kind. Have a wonderful day. Have a wonderful week. Know yourself.